Hello, everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Age of Geek, the podcast. They always make fun of me because I have to specify it's the podcast, but I don't want to confuse our dear listeners. And they think that they're, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a thing now. Well, yeah, because we've so, got welcome to Age of Geek Media and we just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a different, two different things, the network and then the podcast namesake. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so welcome to AG Geek the Media <laughs> and suck it, Colin and Jake. Wow. <laughs> we missed you. Wow. Wish you were here. Okay, so it begins. <laughs> yes. Um, I am Steph. And I'm Marley. And we have Robert joining us today, uh, which we always love, and he will be joining us a lot more. We're so Thank excited you. to have him hop on with us on AG Geek. And then we also have a guest host tonight. We have Sequoia Hello. joining us. Uh, we've known, Marley and I have known Sequoia for, we were talking about this before we hopped on like a hot minute since before the pandemic. Yeah. It's been a few years. And then <laughs> time turns into this weird wasteland <laughs> like a, during the like pandemic. It's like a wormhole so. or something. <laughs> yes. So Sequoia, give yourself a little bit of an introduction yeah, for us. Yeah, of course. Um, so I am a general nerd person slash podcaster. Um, I have two shows. Uh, one is a Harry Potter fan fiction uh, show, uh, podcast where me and one of my best friends, we just like find the most ridiculous one shots we can find that were published before 2008. So we're like nostalgia. This is like like hardcore nostalgia <laughs> uh, fan fiction moment. And then I have another show, um, which is a lot more relevant to our topic today, where my guest and I will take a romantic movie and we rewrite them as horror films. <laughs> I remember when you first started, like when you first came up with that idea, and it's so creative and you just don't, <laughs> I've never heard of something like that. And Thank I just love you. it so much. And it's always like so wonderfully clever and funny. So, and what's the name of that yes, one? Yes. So that one is called But Make It Scary. What are some of the movies you've done lately? Um, so, lately, the last episode that came out was uh, She's All That. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, uh, it's <laughs> yes, really, yes. really good. My guest yes. was from a show called Rom Com Rewind. Um, so uh, that was really fun. And then lately with one of um, with one of our friends, Ray, I did uh, Romancing the Stone. Um, oh, yeah. that's a throwback. Yeah, sometimes we throw it back. You know, I mean, they're all over the place. Like sometimes we're doing like a Cinderella story and sometimes we're doing, you know, Aww, um, the Philadelphia story, which is like <laughs> literally in black and white, you know. <laughs> So, you know, it's it's any romantic movie we're all over the place. But, you know, I liked I like my pot to have my own podcast with no tonal consistency. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love that journey for you. You've come to the right place, though. <laughs> yes. So we're talking I haven't even we're talking about rom-coms today, uh, which we feel is really fun because Valentine's Day is the day of the release today. Happy Valentine's Day to you all. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Will you guys be my Valentine? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you'd never <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I had a thought, but then it got sidetracked and I don't, I'll, it's, 
I don't even care. I'll say, I'll say. Um, Cause I was, you know, I think we kind of came up with this idea together a little bit, but mm. I, I just, I remembered um, thinking how like, again, in honor of Valentine's day, I'm like rom-coms. I feel like they haven't made a good solid rom-com in a really long time. And it also started to, um, I saw a preview for um, this new one that's coming out on Netflix called Your Place or Mine. And it has Reese Witherspoon and um, Ben Affleck. Ben Aff- no. no, Ashton Kutcher. No. Is it Ashton Kutcher? Ashton Kutcher, thank you. There, the other no, one. The other one. one. The other one. I wouldn't. That's not what I would say. The other one. <laughs> and Ashton and Ashton Kutcher. Interchange. Ashton Kutcher is Batman. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> had the same floppy haircut at, at some point but anyways ashton kutcher and reese witherspoon are in this netflix movie and i just like it seems like a really cute movie and very like of the tone like of these movies that we used to see in like the early 2000s and i was like that's when i had the thought i'm like wait a second why have I not seen like a preview or a movie like this in a really long time? And maybe I'm just oblivious. I don't know. Maybe I've been kind of in the Marvel superhero world and star Wars and everything Mm -hmm. for a while. But at the same time, I'm like, we got to talk about this. Like maybe am I the only one who thinks that there is a fall of rom-coms? So that's why I wanted to, you know, I brought it up with Steph and we were kind of talking about it and we wanted to bring on some friends to talk about it some Assemble more. Assemble the panel. <laughs> yeah. Marley, we will I, come up with it. I you realize that you've done something. So now that you brought up Ashton Kutcher and I've turned him into Batman and I want Reese Witherspoon as Catwoman and I want to see that romantic comedy. Whether they're actually playing it straight or not, I don't care. Wow. But Ashton Kutcher, yes. Reese Witherspoon, Batman and Catwoman, hijinks ensue. I want to see this. Oh, oh my gosh. Totally I down. feel like Reese could be like this really prissy like I'm fine with Catwoman. This. Like I, I yeah, fine with this. could totally pull it and off. He could be like yeah. a clueless Batman. It would be perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's... Like the chill playboy. He will be you could have our pats be Batman and then Ashton Kutcher could be um Bruce Wayne. Oh, oh. Are they interchangeable as not well? Not as much. Every picture is not <laughs> quite as far away. Nondescript white men with dark hair. I mean, to me, yes, they look exactly hair. the same. But I mean, to most other people, probably not. <laughs> oh my gosh. We, they're they're written in a different font. You know, they're like... <laughs> they have no tonal consistency between the two of them. <laughs> uh, we should write Netflix with our ideas. I think we can make it work. Let's do it. <laughs> incredible oh goodness anyway um yeah no i really i personally and maybe i don't know if it's an opinion or if it's real but i really do think that rom-coms are dead and i think they died somewhere around somewhere between 2010 2012 okay well first i think we need to hit on some of our favorite yeah rom-coms of that era yes um, of which era? So I think someone else should do it. Of like the early to like the golden. Okay, because who, now you have to get into what, would we consider who, the, what golden the golden age, age is. Because I think of rom coms are. This is now a philosophy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> wow. Welcome, welcome to class. Well, because do we include the eighties, like all the John um, John Hughes films? Like, are those rom coms? They are. I mean, and do you even go far as far back, like? 
breakfast you at could Tiffany's. go as far back as the um, 50s to stuff like gentlemen prefer blondes some like it hot yeah some like it hot you go back to marilyn monroe yes. you're in rom-com territory yeah, so I guess, yeah, when would be like <laughs> Oh, Marley's pulling out some notes. Wow. She is ready. Game on. In this I've got my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, now I can't see my notes because I'm like crying. <laughs> no, for me, for me, I mean, yes, because obviously there's a ton before in like 50s 60s 80s going on you know all of that era but like and and for me it's like the 90s and like early 2000s so I'm talking like never been kissed Drew Barrymore 27 dresses Katherine Heigl um 13 going on 30 the proposal how to lose a guy in 10 days you know like those kind of like solid um or what happens in Vegas hey that's another Ashton Kutcher one (laughs) um but like you you have like those like those A-list actors who seem to always be in like the rom-coms. Like they are just written, like those actors are made to be in rom-coms. Like Cameron Diaz, again, Katherine Heigl. Um, so I I just I feel like, and maybe it's just because they've gotten older since obviously since this time. And so they're not they're not yeah, romance dies once you hit 40. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all dried wow. up. That's not exactly what I mean. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's our conclusion. <laughs> but no, because like that's kind of like usually it's like the twenties, early thirties is that time period of when we typically see these these romantic um, stories happening. You know, we don't see a, like that many of like older I'll disagree. people. As an older person, I will disagree. Um, I think you've got... I'm trying to remember now because I can't remember the name of it. Um, Jack Nicholson... No, it was Jack Nicholson... Something's Gotta Give. Thank you. Yeah, something you do have... I mean, there was... Yes, Uh, thank you. Diane Keaton? There's not as many because I think that a lot of people think, you know, romance dies at 40 and they're just kind of like, eh, they don't expect to see older... Older actors um, portraying kind of head in the clouds kind of love that sometimes you know just takes us by surprise. So I think that there is some there is something out there. I think that we don't look at them quite as much because we kind of go, "Oh, my mom's going to go see this movie," and just kind of dismiss it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it makes me think of that. Um, it's a Matthew. All right, all right, movie, all right. Uh, where they're trying to get him. <laughs> Yeah, when they're trying to get failure to launch. Yeah. Jinx. Yes, and then they have their his parents who are like, um, like kind of like falling back in love because they're like ready to be empty nesters. So it is like it's kind of a fun little play on that because he's like falling in love and they're like, get out of the house. We want to do it <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a good combination. But I think, but I think yeah. that there is something to be said. There are some older ones, but I think they're not they're not geared for younger audiences because there's certain life experiences that might come up in these movies that, you know, people of a younger generation will be just kind of like, oh my God, they're just old. And why are they talking about this? And ew. So I think that, I think that, you know, there's something, I think that they are, they are out there. I just don't think that necessarily everyone is looking for that movie. I think that they are, I think that they're kind of targeted for, 
you've you know you've had your club years you've gone out and done this it's now what you know who's cutting my lawn who's shoveling the snow my back hurts you know who can relate to that and there are a number of them <laughs> and unfortunately rob robert i think you're a little outnumbered here because i think we're all elder I, millennial I, yeah, girls I totally, so, yeah, totally these... own that but i mean <laughs> is why we wanted you to have well, your perspective as well but yeah we got hit with like the hillary duffs and the um yeah jennifer the, garner <laughs> yes the almost like sure. teen the teen rom-com sure, but i mean well. you know i i had i guess you could call it the middle middle period of the uh golden age with will smith with hitch for example so, I mean, you know. Oh, I love Hitch. And, you know, there's there's a movie like that. You know, you also get something um, that hits a middle ground, kind of like Stardust or Enchanted. I mean, Disney doing rom-com. Oh, I love those. So, I mean, those there are, are you know, there's things that kind of meet in the middle. But, you know, I will play, I will play mm -hmm. Elder Statesman and I'll try to remember to not tell anybody to cut their hair to get off my lawn. <laughs> You guys just go ahead with your with your potty casting and just do your thing. I'll just be over here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Robert! I mean, was the first movie you saw in actually? Black and white? It was a flip book. I just, oh my gosh! <laughs> Were you afraid the train was yes. going to hit you? Yes, and and we won't talk about when they started talking back at you. And you're just like, oh, they can talk now. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, I told you oh you're in here with me. <laughs> I do think we have to hit on 90s team rom-coms though because uh they're so hard to watch these days. Yeah. Really? I mean, which yes, ones are you talking so mean to each about? Other. Yeah. Well, you mentioned She's All That. Sure, but I think that there's, like, the She's All That's, and then there's the 10 Things I Hate About You's, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Also, or what about Never Been Kissed? Like, Never Been Kissed is one of the most also problematic movies <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. It's so great. Right. I love, I love Drew Barrymore so much, but my gosh. I know. Yeah, it's it's something. It's something else. And I think we lost Marley. That's, Marley that's like the first, like I'm this. so crushed. I'm hurt. That's <laughs> perfect. So we should screenshot this. For the people who are watching the video. Like oh, she's back. She's back. She's back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. here's the thing is like, I. What was my face? It... I could hear you guys. <laughs> now we're all doing it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my internet. It just keeps going like in and out. So I'm so sorry. We love we modern do. technology. What were you um, saying? Sophia? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like the nineties, um, well, I feel like the eighties is really when you get the splitting off period where like you get you, the like teen rom-com becomes so prevalent, like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, not as much eighties, you get Molly Ringwald, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, here we go. We're in on like the teen yeah. rom com, and that train has wow. taken us pretty, pretty far here, current, you know. But that's where I see kind of like a divergence there, um, because you know when you're talking about '90s rom coms, yeah, you're talking about you know 
clueless you're talking about 10 things i hate about you you're talking about she's all that but you're also talking about sleepless in seattle you're also talking about you've got mail right and like meg ryan (laughs) meg meg and tom (laughs) meg and tom forever five ever um but yeah, so the, so though they're just like it's you know us they're subgenres in and of themselves, and then later you like more subgenres get introduced, right? Then you get your like rom com sex comedy where you're like forty year old virgin virgin, you're knocked up, you're that sort of a thing, you know. So like yeah. I think you know as as more and more and more movies get made, there's more and more sort of subgenre to the genre and as you pull those apart it can seem like there are less of the thing but maybe what you're looking for is that there is less of that specific subgenre that you have nostalgia for of the thing does that make sense yes yeah and i think you're right i think that like teen rom-coms especially the older ones are problematic and we're veering away from that kind of story like even um I, I, you, I, I can't, I mean, I guess Cinderella's story, but that involves like gaslight. <laughs> like, so like, I can't think of like kind of a teen, yes, rom-com story that is not, and like, sometimes you got to turn off your, your mind and just be like, I'm just going to enjoy this. I know that it is, should, I would, yeah, not encouraging <laughs> this, not going to let like my kids like do these things, but you know what? Let's go enjoy some Drew. <laughs> some Drew Berry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, to go to, yeah. So that's the I... point, though. I think that we did have, I mean, looking at the 50s, uh, not 50s, sorry, 60s and 70s, you had things like um, Beach Blanket Bingo. You had Gidget, the original movie, not the TV series. So you had, like, and they were um, rather, rather prevalent, especially as summer movies, because, you know, all the kids were out of school needed something to do and they would just go to the theater and watch these these movies of kids being kids according to whatever the studio thought they should look like which which <laughs> going back to your point when you get to and, the 90s it's again an older director doing what he thinks kids look act and sound like in the night 80s and 90s and yes you know some people got right john hughes sure he kind of nailed that but i mean there were some you just kind of like ooh, that was a choice that you made and that was not a good one <laughs> yeah i mean you do have to look at rom-coms as they're all like wish oh, fulfillment so mm-hmm. they so they all are yeah kind of like what you were saying robert what people think the audience will want to see and so yeah you kind of do have to turn off especially now like that part in your brain that's like oh she should not be talking to her <laughs> teacher that way um that's inappropriate right. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that that landscape is also changing in a way that like, you know, when when you make a rom-com, you really have to be so cognizant, you know, of like where we are societally. Um, And that mm-hmm. can give way to a lot of great things. Right. So we have a lot more queer romance. We have a lot more like stories about people of color. We have a lot more, you know, we're we're it we're in a in an era that's like coming off of your love simons your crazy rich agent asians right like um right this right now this should be the golden age of rom-coms like we should be getting it right now 
um, because of the absolute, like the breadth of storytelling that is available to us at this point. Whereas you look back to like the seventies and you're like, just Woody Allen? Like, like, could, <laughs> could we absolutely not though? Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Like these days, like the, the, the rom-com guys, the guys that we want, it's not going to be. <laughs> the Elvises, the Matthew McConaughey's, right. <laughs> they're going to be the guys who like wear, wear cardigans. Yeah, and they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Robert. <laughs> Robert left. No, yeah, every rom-com lead is, is Harry Styles now, probably, you know, like. <laughs> probably. Well, and what's that one with, um, okay, I'm going to totally butcher this. But there's that one that came out with um crap. Who's the girl in Vampire Diaries? Nina Dobrev. Um, Nina Dobrev. Um, and yes, she she, she was in a recent rom com. Are you talking about that one? Or are you talking about a different one? Yes, the Christmas love rom com yes. called Love Hard. Love Hard. Yeah. Yes, I didn't watch it. Did you? Did I've you watch seen it, it? Mm, three times? Four times? Three times? Oh, okay. Do we hear five? I mean, five, was, six, you like was that good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywhere you go. Um. Yeah. Like, was that, would you say that was a good rom com? Like, a good, you know, maybe like one for our era, especially for nowadays? Here's the thing about Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Go on. (laughs) I think that that rom com lives in a similar space, production quality wise, of something from the 90s that you would think of like She's All That, where like the acting is not very good. The script is kind of not very good, but it's like highly enjoyable. And yeah. So like a higher budget. Yeah. Netflix is like rolling that rom-com out. And I really like that subgenre of rom-com that just sort of like exists. And I I put it on in the background and I'm like, this is cute and Mm -hmm. I like it. Um, It's not, it's not giving me, you know, what, you've got mail or you know my when harry met sally would give me but it is like a entertainment that i enjoy yeah for sure well and i think uh, a good point to bring up too is that there's been quite a shift in um obviously we know that like it's all about streaming nowadays and it has been for many years even way before the pandemic obviously you know, a lot more people were streaming and stuff um, because of the pandemic. But even before that, like, that's when our parents and our grandparents started getting like, streaming. Right? I, like, I to, guess we got to hop on this. I had to teach. Going yeah, away. I had to show my mom where the Netflix button was on the remote. Like, <laughs> there's literally one that says that. Anyways, I love my mom. She got <laughs> sweet. But, um, but no, like, I think because we have so much more available to us with streaming, with these Netflix originals and whatnot, that is so easy to just like make them and have them be available. Whereas like before um, we'd have to go to the movie theater, you know, to go see these, you know, like kind of what Robert touched on, like with these big summer movies, you know, like, cause that's when they usually would release these kinds of movies was either around Valentine's day or in the summer as like a big summer feature. Well, that's my and, my question to yeah. you then is, do you see the fall of rom-coms as rom-coms not being theatrical releases anymore? 
Yeah, I really actually do because I, I, I think part of it too is like the advertising and whatnot because we don't see the previews. Like I didn't know anything about this, like for example, Love Hard um, until like after the fact, mm -hmm. like after Christmas season. Cause I would probably would have watched, maybe watched it during Christmas season. I don't really watch a lot of Christmas movies anyways, but, and um, so like we would get these previews because we were going to other movies. And so we'd see the previews for what was coming up. So we would see this cool looking movie, this funny action rom-com called this means war again starring reese witherspoon <laughs> oh she's just wonderful and chris pine and we yeah. stand and reese. uh what's the other I'll one speak collectively for all of us. i agree i can't even remember who's the guy who played bane tom hardy tom hardy exactly. yeah tom hardy. tom hardy thank you yeah so you got like all these like people and you're like oh i know them from other stuff and i love them i gotta watch them in this rom-com like you need to see them in that version of movie and acting and everything and so like I don't know I just I think part of it is we just maybe it's just we have too much now and so it's easy for those rom-coms that come out on Hulu or Netflix or whatever to just kind of slide by I don't know because I think that Netflix well, I'm sorry think go ahead. some of the oh I was just gonna you think of some of the kind of rom-comish movies that have been released theatrically lately like um the Paradise Lost one with uh Lost City of Sandra Bullock yeah. Lost City. and Channing Tatum there. Oh, and Love then Thor, the Love other one, which is Ticket to Paradise. You actually were you were combining the names of two different. Yes, ones. yeah, yes, with uh, Julia Roberts yeah. and George Clooney. Like those are kind of. I mean, I didn't go see them. Mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of flopped in in the theaters. And then we have Titanic coming to screen, and I think people are actually I mean, going to now, see that. Now, despite me it's the funniest movie, nineteen ninety seven. Most people don't. <laughs> We've we've discussed yeah, this. we've discussed this. Comedy. No, we've we've discussed this, and I am in the minority here. Marley and I bring the tissues, <laughs> and Robert brings the popcorn. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's really funny when they keep going back into the ship over and over and over. Again. Okay, so the really quick version funny. of this. The reason why I think it's funny is that there's a scene where, and Marley knows where this is going. There's a scene where, the, you know, the the iceberg is hit. People trying to get off the boat. Guy climbs to the back of the boat to, to jump off. He times it, or so he thinks, and then hits the propeller, and you hear, dang, as he bounces off the propeller. And I'm just like, ah! Which had a lot of people, had a lot of people <laughs> in the theater just kind of going, just laugh track. what is wrong with him? <laughs> like, did you not see that and hear that? That was comedy. So Thank funny. you, James Cameron. <laughs> Oh, he's yes. a genius, Robert. He makes he makes water chemicals. He makes you know, no aliens and flying planets, and, <laughs> and he makes pain sounds and mechanic. Thank you, James Cameron. <laughs> okay, okay. Real quick on the James Cameron thing, I found something interesting online that I wanted to read to you guys. So um, another thing too that I think killed rom coms a it's little James bit. Cameron is that especially like move, movie release well sort of because like with the technical <laughs> innovation of 2009's avatar like and how it broke new ground and like what cinema could do i feel like all of a sudden filmmakers are like hey look at these cool action movies we can do now or whatnot like 
why are we making this rom-com over here just about some dumb high school kids in the same set and there's not really much to it when we could do this over here and so I don't know. I just found this thing online. It came from na- the nationalnews.com. I don't know how reputable that is, but I thought I thought that was an interesting point. Like maybe that also that shift kind of um, made those beloved rom coms fall off. Well, and what year did Iron Man come out? Because I feel like once Iron Man hit, we got those year we got those yearly superhero movies. Thank you, Disney. Thank you. Please keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, please. Me too. Complain about it, but also I'm going to complain about it. Yeah, I like that's the thing is like rom coms. I don't know how much money they were making. Like, I think it'd probably be interesting to take a look back and see how rom coms were doing in theaters versus the rest of the movie. Because yeah. like, if rom coms aren't making enough money, they're not going to make them for theaters. They're not going to do it. Um, Which is one so, of the things I think is good about Netflix going and just doing their. Uh, during 2000, I think it was 21, they did their 52 movies. We had like a new movie a week of different genres and everything. And um, one of those was Locked Down, which I'm not sure if they marketed necessarily as a romantic comedy, but it, it was with some dramatic, some serious dramatic overtones in it. But it was a two hill IG4 and I want to say Anne Hathaway. And they very went very topical with it and they had it set as a couple in london during the beginning of the pandemic who have now hit that point of we're not sure if we're still staying together because we're driving each other crazy and as their life just kind of spirals around themselves you know they're stuck in the same house together because everybody's quarantining and they're like i i don't know if i can do this and you're watching what becomes of their relationship and i don't want to spoil what does and doesn't or doesn't happen. Um, but it's an interesting look at the dynamic and it's like, it's and it's touching because it's, you know, it's, it is the romance there. You can see that they, they care for each other, but they also drive each other up a wall. And, and then how that, how does yeah. that progress? And, you know, where does it go from there? And I think that Netflix is, I have to give them credit. Not everything they put out was a hit. I mean, Nothing, you know, nobody has that 100% track record. But by the same token, they put a few things out that were really solid. And that was, for me, one of them. So if you have not seen it, I will recommend that. And I'd be curious to see what, what you think of it. Uh, you know, from my older man's perspective, because I... <laughs> no, but... but well, on... No, just going to say, but... Sorry, but, continue your thought. You know, I think that streaming does give it does give some of these things an outlet like uh, the hallmark channel like you were mentioning earlier i mean they're just churning out you know christmas movie after christmas i mean romantic christmas movie after romantic christmas movie we're just like okay well i guess it's i guess it's that time of year it's you know turkey's put away for thanksgiving it's hallmark movie time let's go they gotta get all those big city women with their big jobs in the countryside (laughs) They gotta yeah. slow down so their life. They gotta just, stop and smell the roses. So what you're saying is they're just becoming green acres. Got it. Yes. Well, and I think with like on the topic of Netflix, you gotta talk a uh, mm-hmm. um talk about Bridgerton, which isn't a movie, Aww. but it's a TV show. And so literal literally in books, <laughs> romance is the number one selling um genre. But I don't think it's marketed that way because people look 
people don't look at romance as like real literature for a lot of people don't. And I feel kind of the same way as romance in movies where it's like, eh, but it isn't James Bond or whatever. And then you, and so it is, it's kind of, it's geared towards women. And I don't know if that sells as much as like these big superheroes or these big action movies. And so it isn't geared towards as much. Is that, did that make sense to that? Yeah. Well, that, that well, cause like, well, yeah. Cause like with, with superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe stereotypically, I don't, you know, I don't want to throw out too much like that, but kind of what you're saying, like superhero movies do tend to go towards more of a male crowd, but it also captures a female crowd. Whereas ro- romance, mostly women, mostly a female crowd, mm-hmm. you know? So you're not really getting both of those like other genres maybe do. And I think fi- like women are finally like owning it. Like it's like, and that's why I brought up Bridgerton. It was so much, so hot, so much sex. And people are like, is this too much? And the audience is like, no, please no. Give us more. <laughs> please in two. Like that, please that episode two. nine, that everyone knows what I'm talking please about. Like three. we want that, that's fine. Well, I think that you're right yeah, though. Yes. I think that, um, you know, the superhero big blockbuster action movies are geared towards men in a lot of cases you know and if we can find something that appeals to women that brings them in oh great or if they come in with their boyfriend or husband that's great and i think that unfortunately a lot of studios have had that mindset where they're not saying we can do this with a female lead just as easily as with you know big hulking male lead but you know but we can make yeah. the main character hot. But, but the thing is, <laughs> romance, I mean, it's typically thought of as the softer sell. And you know, it's like it's not it's not cool to go to the to the romance movie. I mean, my my girlfriend wanted to go see it, or my wife wanted to go see it, and I just had to get dragged along because you can't go with the boys and go, yeah. So I saw right. they'd be like, dude, what? Get no man cards, man cards, let's go. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because you know, we have for far too long in this country been told, you know boys don't cry boys don't show emotion you know there's something that's just not manly about doing that and quite frankly if it's a good story it's a good story period unfortunately we have to get over that that mental hurdle as a culture to to hopefully see the resurgence or just the you know return of movies that aren't just i'm going to smash something to bits Right, but that also like there's there's sort of like an uh, an intersection between that like oh the softer thing scenario and also that like artistically um we don't value laughter as much as we value tears. So like if yeah. you if you make a movie uh and you want it to win an Oscar everybody needs to cry, you know? right yeah like i think of like atonement which is like one of the saddest movies right of all so time. like a romantic tragedy is inevitably like m- thought of as more artistically value valuable than a romantic comedy so when you're looking at like this intersection between like romance is soft and laughter isn't valuable then you get like a really a, a piece of media that feels really not valuable to people. Yeah. And I think 
there's been a couple actors. The one that comes to mind right now, uh, Anna Ferris, who talks about how comedy is actually like a harder way to act than um, a lot of drama is. And I think that that's not something that you hear very often either, but just, you think that it'd be easy to just be chuckles all day right. long, but real artistry can go into these types of work. They're hard well. to write. They're hard. That's the other thing is like, maybe another por- portion of like rom-coms, like not happening as much or not being as good or whatever you, you know, hypothesis you want to put up about that is that they're absolutely so hard to write. And like you gotta wanna write them, and like we have we have a history of like writer directors who have been like really smashing it with rom coms forever. You know, you got like Nancy Myers, you've got uh, um, Gary Marshall, um, but like they're not really. You know, like you like like there's no new generation of that. Those those guys are kind of older now. There's no new generation of that, and maybe that's. Where you see some of the fall off? Impossible. Well, and I'm I'm also I found uh I found this article um just now about how like rom coms, like because I was thinking, like kind of what you were saying about like at the Oscars and like winning awards and whatever. And I'm looking at the 10 great romantic comedies that ruled the Oscars, and it's pretty much um like there's one from the 30s and the 40s 50s like it's really like there's really not that many and like the one that has happened the most recent is silver linings playbook i don't know if i would have i don't i'm not classified that, that as a comedy. romantic comedy though yeah <laughs> no <laughs> right. yeah just so i'm like, like that's Jennifer the thing is like these... it doesn't make it a comedy yeah quirky, I, guys. I think i saw that i don't remember that movie as much but i don't remember it being funny <laughs> it's, it's not it's not it funny bits. <laughs> yeah bradley cooper's on my list of guys that have a douche face he just looks <laughs> i'm sorry bradley cooper if you listen to this you just kind of look like the type of guy who would tell me to order a salad at dinner or like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, that is such a specific <laughs> energy, and I 100% agree. <laughs> wow. Like, like a, I'm not, I'm not homophobic, but and you're just like, no, buddy, let's not, let's not. <laughs> That's just the energy. That just came in so wrong. hot on that take. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Renner is also in that group of people. I know oh, he just saved wow. someone, but I still. Oh. Wow. Me. Oh my gosh. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there is artistry to doing this thing, and do. Uh, I do think there's a lot of it being made right now that's maybe like I am I'm maybe a little bit too old for also at this point like I'm looking for stories about middle-aged people falling in love now and so I'm looking yeah I'm looking back and I'm being like it it, it, where where are Megan Tom where are Megan Tom you know how can I trust the old man Mm. now because he's moved on <laughs> now he's playing yeah. Geppetto. And what I understand is not a great yeah. version of, but, of Pinocchio. These li- 
it's not. <laughs> um, anyways, I won't disparage the name of Tom Hanks in this household, but um, I, you do see a lot of these actors, and especially the actresses like Cameron Diaz that don't, no longer make film. Uh, Renee Zellweger hasn't been in too much lately, and I don't know if it has to do with not valuing the work they put in as well as like being in Hollywood in the early two thousands and nineties and all that Sounds came with terrible. that as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Heroin chic. Um, all the, like what, who you're dating and whatnot, who, uh, Misha Barton. Was it Misha Barton? Someone just came out with how she was encouraged to sleep with more, um, famous actors to like boost her credibility and stuff like that. And so uh, this like golden age also, or golden age, according to uh, it wasn't a great time to be in Hollywood. It's funny that you should bring it back to the golden age conversation because we have gotten so far away from that, but circling back to that, I disagree about the golden age. I think the golden age is late eighties, early nineties. Okay. So like John Hughes I'm era? I'm thinking or? like, like I, there's no way I'm leaving Dirty Dancing out of out of the golden age. But oh. it's a comedy? Oh. Such a good yeah, movie. I mean, that's a good... I mean, it does... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to harsh your nowhere. It's just one of those... So yeah. for, if you said earlier that, you know, there are movies that have romantic elements but weren't necessarily comedies, from what I remember of Dirty Dancing, not, again, funny moments in it, but not necessarily comedy. Sure. Yeah, uh, no, no, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I buy that. Okay, yeah. but okay, so let's go in the same time frame. Um, <laughs> coming to America, which, yeah, which was a romantic comedy at, at flat out face value. I'm, I'm going to America yeah. to find my queen. Okay, you know, and it's, it's the, the misadventures of, of Eddie Murphy's character going to find his queen while his father thinks, oh, he's just going off to sow his royal oats before he gets married and, and all, you know, hijinks ensue again. <laughs> but, you know, that was a, a, a movie of its time, most definitely. It was interesting to see Netflix do the sequel to it 30 years later, which, right. to be honest, Coming to America has a, has a soft spot in my heart because it was, you know, like high school for me, you know, going to see, I think it was like senior year for me when it came out. So there was, you know, it's like, oh, this is like a fun if you go to the theater down the street, watch it, throw popcorn in my mouth, laugh at Eddie Murphy. And then 30 years later, I get to sit at home, throw popcorn in my mouth and laugh at Eddie Murphy. And the thing was, there were enough beats. I mean, it was not a perfect movie, but it was fun. And it did capture a bit of nostalgia in some spots from the original movie. And, you know, it's, it is just straight up romantic comedy. And the first one actually holds up pretty well still. I mean, yeah. there are some definitely dated references, but for the most part, just as a as a love story, I think it holds up. So on that note, would the Adam Sandler, some of the Adam I'm Sandler sorry, movies be romantic no. comedies? Because he's always Drew hooking Barrymore? himself up with hotter, <laughs> more attractive people that probably yeah. would never look as the wedding. I mean, 50 days? A oh, wedding wedding for sure. Yeah. I mean, Billy dates. Madison, where he's with the teacher. First dates is the worst. Oh my movie. gosh, it's. I'm just, I'm just so thinking bad. that was him with Drew Barrymore again, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. they really like yes. to work yep. together. They're just like friends, which is great. In real life, so just the movies. Yeah, like, 
I think the wedding singer is really good. <laughs> no, I really no, that's like fair. That's that fair. one. Is wedding good. Singer wedding singer is, is fun. Cute. Especially with that earring he wears. <laughs> <laughs> but like I according to insider.com, like the 90s were the peak of rom-coms not you know not again like the golden but like it kind of peaked in the 90s and then it went down and it says like until it lasted this golden age lasted until the end of the 2000s when the superhero era kicked off so again another source saying that we've all been kind of alluding to you know it's it's it just it just kind of sw- our our focus like kind of switched a little bit I think especially like those big blockbuster movies at the theater. Okay, so um, looking starting at two thousand eight with Iron Man, just just as a as a good benchmark, um, two years later you get another romantic comedy from a comic property. In fact, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, and. It's not big blockbuster superhero oh, movie. Such a good one. But it's it's you know comic you know you could go well it's a comic book you, you know we're just gonna put it on on the screen, and they also went through a couple of different genres with the different um, seven deadly exes. They kind of play those up in different in different aspects. You get that in two thousand ten. Um, in twenty eleven, you get I'm not sure if I call. Midnight in Paris, a comedy by any stretch of the imagination, for me. I mean, uh, it could be, but it's for me, it's a little bit of a stretch. What's funnier than Hemingway drinking himself to death? <laughs> What's uh, funnier than that? I, I, yeah, I'm just going to leave off of that. <laughs> yeah, you could just. Um, a couple of years later, you get something. You get a, you know, a going back to Sequoia's point about compartmentalizing and, and finding uh, subgenres, Warm Bodies. So we're going to do a romantic comedy with zombies. Warm Bodies is hands down my favorite rom-com and I'm so glad that you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I love Warm Bodies. Can I bring Warm um, Bodies in? You know, there's, I think that, yes, the superhero movie has done many different things to different aspects of cinema and the movie going experience but i think that as with anything if you look if you look for it it's there it's you have to be willing to wade through That's all fair. of the glitz and glamour of big blockbuster movie and look for something that is more a little less in your face in that sense and a little more down to earth whether and whether or not they you know do a more satirical uh, rom-com or it's a grounded one something that's not necessarily you know well i push planets around and i can i can eat you know all of these things and take no damage from it blah 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 but if you want to use another superhero themed one there was uh, my ex superhero girlfriend with my luke wilson that was thank you with uh luke wilson i think it was and cameron diaz or Charlene theron Charlie's there. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I've seen um, Again, these super hot guy, these super hot women with um, nebish, nebishy guys. Not unattractive it's okay. guys, but not. Got, that was, guys that, would not that's get a, the second look under any other circumstance. Other than that's the like patent of the two thousands, like 
like rom-com sex comedy is like and and that's I'm always going to disparage that subgenre because I don't like it. It's not a thing that I enjoy personally. Um and if you, you know, I think it contributes to the downfall of the rom-com. Um okay, but look, Steve Carell can get in a 40-year-old virgin. He can get it in um, Crazy Stupid Love, and he can get it like salt and pepper. Steve Carroll. Yes. I mean, good point. Good point. (laughs) But yes, no, I agree. Yes, that's such a trope. Uh, Yeah, the... The average guys, which is great. I but yeah, with these like Charlie's Theron's, with these uh just crazy bombshells that you're just like, oh, that doesn't happen. It's normally the, it's it's like, the attempt to get men to watch rom coms. Um yeah. Yeah, the Seth yeah. Roganizing wow. of it all. That's a firm Which is funny because like Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because like I'm thinking back to, um, you had mentioned it earlier, Robert, about um, mm-hmm. Stardust and how like, it's that movie kind of almost does the opposite where it's a movie called Stardust and it, it definitely does play on that whole rom-com and, you know, romance um, story. But then like the thing that like I, I remember doing whenever I would try to like get my friends um, to watch it with me, like, um, like you know, in high school, like different guy friends and whoever, um, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like there's a lot of action in it. There's pirates, there's fighting. There's like so much more than just raw romance. And yeah, like, I mean, obviously cause comedy appeals, you know, to ev- almost everyone, but you know, you almost had to like convince people. It's kind of like the princess bride thing where it's like, no, no, it's not just like, don't let the name fool you. There is action and adventure and giant rats and all of that stuff, you know, and you almost have to like, it's just kind of funny how there there's movies like that too, where it appeals to a much bigger audience, but you, but because of the stigmas around the romance or even the name, the title, it can be like a turnoff to people. And so you're like, so I don't know. It's just something I just thought of was like, there's also kind oh, of true. And Stardust also, but Stardust also had one thing going for it that, uh, some of the others didn't, and that was it was Robert De Niro. Two and things going for <laughs> <laughs> Two things going for in that uh, Stardust was also adapted from a Neil Gaiman uh, graphic novel, and you know, so you had mm. some people go, "Well, Neil Gaiman wrote it, or he wrote the original story that it was the screenplay was adapted from," and people were kind of like, "I'm intrigued," and then you get, you know, that you're Robert De Niro, and I think that one of the best things they did was keep the whole Captain Shakespeare doing the can-can under wraps was fantastic. Because to have to just be sitting there going, yes. what is going on here? And then just to have him break out the can-can, just like I'm in. I am sold. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the movie I mean, but you had so many things going in that movie. I mean, they played up so many different um, you know, uh, literary uh, romantic historical tropes, uh, fantasy tropes, and just kind of went, we're going to shove this all together, mm-hmm. put it in a movie, and put it on the screen. And it was not just a romantic comedy, but it was fun. And it's something you can go mm-hmm. back to because it's kind of timeless in the way that it tells the story. Not, you know, unlike some 
movies that did not age well. I'm looking to 90s. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Stardust is, is a movie that you can just kind of go, great. And I think that we showed it to our girls even I think two or three years ago, and they were okay with it. And and it was just kind of like they enjoyed the, adve- the action, the adventure part of it. They questioned some of the things that were happening that we had to explain to them. But for the most part, fine. Yeah. It's a catch-all. I love that. I love that kind of movie. <laughs> Stardust is so good. <laughs> Stardust is so good. I do think in the at the end of the 90s, too, you kind of have this, like, uh, this, this trope change where the women aren't, like, these fumbling... Uh, it goes to more like independent kick-ass women Mm -hmm. because you get things like Miss Congeniality. You get the Reese Witherspoon era where we have Legally Blonde, which I guess I don't even know if you consider that a rom-com other than like a platonic friendship. Like, so yeah, but you get Sweet Home Alabama. Um, Yeah. And so you get these stories where before I think you have these women who are unsure of themselves or they're the stuck up, um, stuck up working women who can't get a man. And instead you have, you have this breakthrough of women who are content with themselves, women who are looking for love, but it's not the most important thing. And I think that trope is continuing on and something that we value more these days than we did back in, back in the day. Oh, for sure. So you do see some good changes. I, I just watched uh, Heartstoppers on Netflix, which is a TV show again. But it's the most, it's it's so good. It's it's about, it's a high school love story between two guys. Um, and it just hits all the cute romantic comedies, like being awkward with with your person. And these high schoolers actually look like high schoolers. <laughs> you don't have grease going on. Oh my here. gosh. Yeah. So you do have these stories coming out that are still romantic, still fun. They're just kind of changing the narrative, which I think is is a good thing. You look yeah. at the writer's room also, because who's writing a lot of those movies in the 60s, 70s, 80s versus who's writing them now? People who actually have, wow, this is a horrible way of putting a skin in the game, so to speak. Somebody who has a perspective that has not been seen in the writing in well ever in a lot of cases or you know they try to they try to imagine well somebody would sound like this and you know this is what we get on the screen which isn't in a realistic or accurate in any sense of the word portrayal of what somebody you know who's trying to figure out their love life and their their sexuality even you know what would they sound like well if i was writing it would sound like this well you're an idiot but yeah. <laughs> your mileage may vary. So we're getting more diversity from the uh, straight white male writers that we've had in the past. Hopefully. 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 And a lot of the stuff we're talking about as well that we've started talking about, like Heartstopper um, and, uh, you know, I was talking about Love, Simon earlier. Um, a lot of that stuff is based on either graphic novels or books. So there's a lot of stuff being like yeah. IP being pulled from uh, literature right now that's making it in making pretty good um, romantic comedy like uh, media. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that like there it, it's there. It's out there. It's maybe harder to find. 
Um, some of the quality might be down just due to like things being made quickly for streaming services. You know, um, there's maybe uh, a lot. There's there's more diversity for sure. There could be a lot more, and I see that as like a seeing the diversity that we are seeing right now makes me hopeful that we will continue to see more. Yes, you're here. Well, and, and also we're, we're seeing, um, I, I mean, obviously we're still making movies like that's never going to stop, but we're also making a lot more TV shows. And so it gives writers and creators more, um, opportunities to like create these characters who you have a little bit more time to develop their story, you know? And so I, I think a lot of people are turning more, you know, to TV shows and stuff. So hopefully, you know, they're finding those um, rom-com moments, you know, within those shows. Because obviously, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think like one. And she's gone. I don't know if did I, did I say that over again, you are breaking up a whole lot. And then Colin will edit it out. Uh, Maybe. I'm sorry, Mar. I, where where was I? At the beginning of I? what you were just saying. Where was I? You were saying yeah. you were saying there's oh, a lot gosh. more TV shows. Okay, so, so you're like, trying to think of one. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So like with TV shows, like I can't really think of one that you could classify as a rom com specifically. I don't know if there really is one because I don't know if we, no one, and no one would want to watch that. Cause I think you need to add in like other elements. You need to add in more drama or action or other things to keep people interested over a series rather than an hour of a movie. You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's harder to find, you know, so we're, what about like my, my crazy ex-girlfriend? But that turned into like a friendship Story. And it also like that, that, I mean, that show was really good. And it, it also brought, it kind of got dark. Um, mostly because, I mean, not that it's dark to talk about mental health, but like she just brought in more of her mental health and being more like open and talking about it. And so it kind of went to like a place that was, it, it wasn't fun and comedic anymore, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but it just, it changed the focus. And so, you know, I just, I think we get the rom-com moments throughout tv shows but we're not getting yeah. it like you know an hour and a half movie anymore no. my so that's one, why i think my yeah. one challenge would be um how i met your mother oh. <laughs> as, as, clo- as close as you get to like at like a fully romantic comedy television show mm. Yeah, I could see that. And even with how I met your father now with the with that revival. Oh, it's so bad. I feel like that falls into it's like so the bad. sex comedies, like the Seth Roganizing of a romantic Ooh. TV sure. show. Not that it's Seth Rogan. It, well, like, what about something? Related, I mean, this goes back much farther than I'd really wanted to, but like Moonlighting. There's one that comes to mind as a romantic comedy oh. TV show. And that was an hour long. I mean, granted, you had it had the backdrop of you know the detective agency, but for a solid two two and a half years before they kind of started grinding gears um with the writers um that was kind of like the epitome of a hour-long romantic comedy tv show yeah 
I mean, you can even um, another throwback into like the sure. nanny where it's an entire series of will they, won't they? Nanny. And then will it work when they're together? Well, cheers. Sweet it reference. Kind of that. <laughs> um, there was another one. Uh, House Calls. Going back, dating myself even more. Wow. Uh, with Rain, Wayne Rogers and Lynn Redgrave. Um, I mean, the 70s and 80s had quite a few, but uh, you are right. Finding them now, these finding them these days, is harder and harder because people have this that one niche that they're looking for, and it doesn't seem like the writers are offering. Hey, here's an option for you, outside of Hallmark movie, Netflix, like we said, or some streaming service bringing something, or you know that rare and elusive theatrical release. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's good too, because I, I mean, so I was thinking about when I loved rom-coms, I, it was probably, yeah, your teenage, my teenage years, my early twenties, not that I don't love them now, but that's when I could like sit down and look at like a Matthew McConaughey type and be like, Oh, that's, that's what I want. <laughs> Um, because I was not, I had not had the life experience I had. I, uh, still, you still kind of wanted that idealized type human. Um, and then you get a little bit older and you realize like romance and is part of your life and it's important, but it's not the only part of your life. And so you see that coming through in movies and TV these days where, yeah, like a lot of these TV shows and movies we mentioned, they have romantic elements, but a lot of them do turn into like platonic friendship stories or uh, into people choosing themselves over love and things like that, which is just as important and relevant as choosing a person um, to love or choosing like yourself to love. So I think that that's a good change as well. Yeah. I Although Jane, the Virgin might be pretty much. Uh, romantic. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more that happens and there's i don't know i don't know it could be a religious trauma tv show <laughs> that show is so good <sighs> i love it's that one so good. i've I cried in that one though like it's been so sad before that i've cried while watching yeah that. So, like, i was gonna say that's not a rom i was gonna say like season two of fleabag is a is a rom-com but also i sobbed so incredibly hard at the end of it that like i don't, I don't know man <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, they, they have to throw in these, like, extra things to keep you interested. That it's or to make it more realistic. For... Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. That too. Relatability. That too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we want it to be relatable, like, just enough that we find interest in it, but not so much that it's like whoa this is a little too close to home like we want it to be like fun and like like because we i mean movies and tv we want shows them to end up together well, and also like movies and tv shows like media in general like it's kind of our quote-unquote escape from reality right you know and so we want it to still be entertaining um but again there's a fine line <laughs> yeah true So I guess, do we think that rom-coms have fallen or do we think they're still going strong? We just got to look for them harder and be more open to, I guess, the general idea of what a romantic comedy is these days. 
Are, is this a rhetorical? Oh. I, was lo- I was looking for, yeah, no, I was looking for your guys' <laughs> oh, oh, wait, we're supposed to answer here. <laughs> Yeah. Um. And that's the end. Goodbye. I say, I say kind of yes to both. Like, I think in a way that they have died, but at the same time, like, it's almost like they've been, it's almost like they've been reborn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that so creepily, <laughs> but, but that's kind of, I don't know. I just, I kind of feel like it's, it's been reborn a little bit, especially with, um, with streaming and the availability and everything. Like there's just so much more, um, to be had. So I think, I think it's, it's coming back yeah. or it's been back. It's just growing up. Still. Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would sort of agree with that. I think there was like, you know, a wave that crested and then fell and then we're going to have another wave. And my hope is that wave looks a lot more diverse than the first wave, which would be really great. Um, you know, I think we were talking a lot about too, like these like very specific actors that you can pick out from sort of different ages of, of rom-coms, different decades of rom-coms. Um, we don't really have that right now either i feel like there's still you know there's still this space for like iconic rom-com actors to emerge and iconic rom-com directors to emerge and there's more opportunity than ever because there's 700 streaming services and they're all trying 700 (laughs) movies so like hopefully at this point Mm -hmm. this is where we this is where we ramp up again i do think there has been like a crest and a fall but you know i wouldn't call it i i I wouldn't you know say it's like anything detrimental it's something that sort of had to happen to maybe make something better and i would say that it's kind of a a little column in a little column b so has have things fallen off a bit sure is it you know are we seeing a another crest Yes, we are seeing something where we have to look a little differently at what we're looking for. Because uh, I think that, you know, what we're looking for now as a romantic comedy may not be what we were looking for 10, 15 years ago in a romantic comedy. And you, we, want, we may want to see something that's a little more life-relatable of like, oh, hey, you know, I've been in a similar situation, if not the exact same situation, but you don't necessarily need the antics of a high school kid running around tripping over themselves trying to trying to get the, the boy or the girl by the end of the movie. So I think that it's you know, a, an amalgamation of all of those things. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I would love to see more, but I, I think you do have to have more than just the, the old school tropes that we have been used to. Um, and I think that that's good. I think it shows us... Um, uh, evolving in a way than, uh, than just the, re- yeah, like the regular hi- high school hijinks. We, um, so I'm excited. Yeah. To check out a lot of the movies that everyone has talked about and I haven't gone. And I don't think that I've been searching for it because there's so much other big blockbuster stuff that, that does get pushed to the side, um, a lot. So, um, I also, before we end, want to know everyone's guilty pleasure, rom-com that you do have to kind of like we're just going to watch this and enjoy it and not think about it too hard hmm. how do you pick one that's, yeah. <laughs> that's fair you can mention more than one but not but not more than three Ugh. 
I have strict <laughs> rules up in this podcast. I I'll go first. Um, I'm just looking at my list because, like, I know there's more on to this, like, even than the list that I made. But 13 going on 30 is definitely one of my like nearest and dearest to my hearts, mostly because uh, the year it came out, I turned 13. So I was like, oh, this is me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, and then uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That one, I can quote that one so like almost too much. And I think I still quote it to this day and I get weird looks from people and I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And I think another, I don't know, maybe those are my only two for now. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was my favorite movie at at, at a certain point (laughs) in my life. And I like know how hugely problematic it is. I understand that as an adult. Um, yes. Oh man, this is a hard one. I think White Christmas is my favorite Christmas movie and also like hugely, hugely, hugely problematic. Um, But I think that like the one for me is She's All That. I really love that movie. And it is really bad and I really like it. (laughs) Oh, little Freddie Prince. And now he's up defending his wife from... um, from all the Buffy stuff that she had to deal with. So look, everyone's everyone's yeah. on their own journey. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to Stardust for one. Uh, I'm going to stay in the same yes. year uh, with Enchanted. Um, and I'm not sure if I, what my third would be, to be honest. I mean, I was a latecomer to Crazy Rich Asians, but I quite enjoyed it after we finally got around to watching it. So I'll, I may throw that in the number three Such spot. Such a good one. Uh, who's the main, Henry who's the main lead in that? Because he is so fine. Um, oh, yes. I I just thought of my third one. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Steph. Go for it. I was just talking about how hot <laughs> oh. he was. Objectifying I thought you were going to move on to your list. Interrupt me. Uh, she's the man. Yes. Oh, yes. That one, <laughs> I can quote word for yes. word the entire movie. And I I rewatch I don't even know how many times I've watched that movie. It's it's like easily in my top five. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. I love it. It's so good. I will love 10 things I hate about you till the day I die. I love that one. Also, when I was younger, someone told me I look like Julia Stiles. So like I just anything Julia Stiles does. Oh, speaking of a Julia Stiles, I don't know if it's a rom com, but uh Save the Last Not Dance. a rom com. <laughs> Okay, it's too fine. sad. It, there's funny parts. It's, too too sad. Sad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad and so hugely problematic. <laughs> um, 40 Days and 40 Nights, also horrible and very problematic. I don't Josh Hartnett and um, the chick from Night's Tell. He gives up sex for Lent. Um, so oh. just, yeah. <laughs> And then oh, the I love the holiday. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, the holiday is great, and I don't know what it is about that's Nancy Myers, but, baby. Uh, <laughs> yes, Jack Black in that is adorable. I love Jack. Black. Uh, yeah, love it. 
he's like yeah. the ideal man. I know a lot of people. I might agree, not with, agree that with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be so sad if anything bad like ever came out if you just found out he was a horrible I don't want to know I don't want to know about it (laughs) no let's just keep our Jack Black black fantasies alive (laughs) anyways I appreciate all of you guys for joining me joining us for this podcast tonight Sequoia, uh, tell us where everyone can find you. Absolutely. You You can find me on either of my shows. The Harry Potter fan fiction show is called Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. And that is on all podcasting platforms or at Fanatical Fix on social media. Um, You can find But Make It Scary, the most recent episode being She's All That. And then today, this comes out on Valentine's Day, right? Today releases the Valentine's Day special, which I do every year where we flip the script and we take a horror movie and make it into a rom-com. We did Scream and it's impeccable. Um, So I would (laughs) recommend that. (laughs) That show is called But Make It Scary. The the, uh, special is called But Make It Lovely. And you can find that on any podcasting platform or at But Make It Scary on social media. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Um, yeah, everyone check out her stuff because she is so good at what she does. Robert, give us a plug for your <laughs> Instagram because well, I feel like it much. needs to get more love. Uh, it is Action Figure Theater where I have for the past six and a half years done a daily action figure and coffee uh, post. Um, and it's theater with an R-E, not an E-R. Uh, and uh, hopefully to be seen more often around Age of Geek. Yes. It's delightful. You guys definitely should check it out. You're so creative. I love, uh, yeah, Thank I love peeking on those mm-hmm. every day. Uh, you can find Age of Geek on all the social media sites as well. We'd love for everyone to join our community, our Discord community. Um, so that's in the, the link is in the show notes for that. So yes, it will be. Thank, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us and have a great rest of i i never know the best way to sign out because who knows when you're listening to us so thank you have a good day have a good life